0: Hello and welcome to Uplift, a podcast about the transformative power of design from architecture and design firm NBBJ. I'm your host, Dr. Hina Santry. Each week we chat with people from all over the healthcare continuum who have been deeply affected by the built environment. On today's episode, many communities face a widening health gap where they persistently experience inequitable health outcomes compared to more affluent communities. The Kaiser Family Foundation has shown that people of color fare far worse compared to their white counterparts when it comes to infant and maternal mortality, chronic disease, life expectancy, and overall physical and mental health. Food insecurity, lack of affordable housing, unemployment, educational disparities, and myriad other social factors are barriers to health equity. As conversations around diversity and inclusion become more prevalent in healthcare, there's an increasing need to create programs and design healthcare spaces to better close this gap in health equity. Today, we'll seek to better understand the causes of health inequity and dive into solutions through the lens of the Odessa Brown Children's Clinic in Seattle, Washington. Located in a historically underserved area, the 40,000-square-foot clinic includes features typically not found in a clinic like better access to care teams, a food pantry, areas for exercise, and a homework area, which better reflects the population needs. My guests today are Antoinette Lyons and Foxy Davidson. Antoinette is the Community Health Advocacy Manager at Odessa Brown, and Foxy is a member of the community. I'm also joined today by my NBBJ colleague, Christina Yates. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for being here. Antoinette, I'll start with you. Tell us about yourself and your role at the Odessa Brown Clinic. I am a
1: manager at the Odessa Brown Children's Clinic of Community Health Advocacy Programs and Development, and I have been with Odessa Brown for going on 19 years now, and it is a job where I always have felt that my passion and my purpose have collided in my work life. So that's what's kept me there, and I'm sure that's what will keep me there for a long time to come.
0: Foxy, your children are patients at the Odessa Brown Clinic. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and your roles within the clinic and the community.
2: My role, huh? it's evolved over the years as a parent because I had to get my kiddos serviced for sickle cell disease. I ended up working through Odessa Brown from that clinic visit and they were like, hey, There's an opportunity. We need this for a sickle cell uh, nonprofit organization. Would you be interested in being the community coordinator? And I was like, sure. That's 15 years later almost that we are here. In the last five years, I stumbled again across an opportunity to begin to teach mindfulness. And it has been a wonderful journey. And then I think lastly, I'm a community member. I just live in the area, right? I, I care about what is happening to our community? And, and Odessa has always been a place to welcome us in.
3: And lastly, Christina, tell us about what you do at NBBJ. I'm an interior designer here at NBBJ. So that means I work closely with our project teams and I really focus on and advocate for the interior experience of built space, but also thinking about the aesthetics too. So, what materials we're using, finishes we're using, how that all works to create and shape the experience we're having within.
0: So, Intranet, I mentioned in the introduction a little bit about the causes of health inequities, but I was hoping we could take a step back and talk about the opposite, health equity. How do you define it? And for those who aren't familiar with the term, why is it so important?
1: Health equity, wow, such a loaded phrase. One thing that is so unique about the Odessa Brown Children's Clinic is we were built and established upon health equity before it was even coined as a term. And so health equity was really the community coming together to say our kiddos need this service and really getting activated around providing quality care with dignity. It's about us saying we deserve access to health care for whatever it is that we are dealing with.
0: Throughout my residency training, of all the patients I interacted with, the patients who face the sort of most disproportionate burden of adverse social determinants of health, poverty, lack of transportation, low literacy unemployment, lack of health insurance, myriad factors that are determined well outside the health system. So talking a little bit more about your experience, you know, which communities are least likely to experience health equity? And what are some of the ramifications of unequal treatment and unequal access to health care?
1: I think you really touched upon it when you talked about adverse childhood interactions those what we call ACEs we can say the low-income folks it's the black it's the brown it's the american indians it is those folks who don't have the same privilege the same access they don't have the same opportunity to services, and we see it in so many different things oftentimes folks just think that it's well they'll have asthma all of their life or the kiddo has a speech impediment oh it's just something they can kind of get through in life but there's so many studies, there's so many things that have showed us if you don't have those interventions, there are so many lifelong long things that you may deal with. And it's not just them that have to deal with that. It is the folks around them. It's the community. And so at some point we all pay a price for this. If it's our tax dollars, if it's us being caregivers, if it's us having to work with those families more intensely down the road, we all deal with it. And so, you know, thinking of like ACEs and social determinants of health, we will experience it at some point. Just depends on how we are going to interact with it.
0: It's so hard to sort of hear you talk about that, right? Because these same kids who will go through what you described using the case of speech impediment are the same ones that, you know, are disproportionately enrolled in schools that are lacking resources. Mm -hmm. And then they get pushed through a educational system that's not adequately prepared to service them for the educational needs. And then it becomes this sort of like generational perpetuation Mm -hmm. of inability to climb out of poverty, inability to get the kind of, you know, training that can allow you to be employed and, and have upward mobility. Christina, we've talked a lot about health equity or lack thereof. As a designer, your industry is working to do its part through something that's been called design equity. Can you explain what is meant by that term from your perspective?
3: Yeah, I don't think it's just you, Hina, who's trying to figure out what design equity really means. I think we've been grappling with that, especially within the last couple of years. But to me, and through the work that I've been doing with Antoinette on this project, really feel that design equity is about bringing forward the voice of the community and the voice of the community that we're designing for and letting it, that voice really lead the design process. And then our job as designers is really to work to support that voice and to help manifest that vision into built space and built form.
0: Now, let's turn our focus on to the Odessa Brown Clinic itself. It's an investment by the Seattle Children's Hospital to prioritize health equity at every turn, and the new clinic has a really interesting story, as does the community in which it's located. The original clinic was located in the Central District of Seattle. I'm not a resident of Seattle. I've only visited it a few times. So forgive me if I'm misstating the name of the neighborhood, but the new clinic is located in a in a different location a few miles away called the Othello district. Antoinette, tell me a little bit about those two neighborhoods and maybe a little bit about why the relocation
1: The original Odessa Brown is located in the historic central district, the CD, and has been a part of that neighborhood, that community for over 50 years. And it's foundational to that neighborhood. Odessa Brown has always been founded by the community, from the community. And we don't ever want to stray away from that. And so what we heard over the years is that, hey, this area, the CD is now becoming gentrified, right? And the rising costs of housing is really pushing us out and it's pushing us out into the South end, whereas the CD has always been the historic place for Black folks. So this new clinic that we are in, it's in the Othello neighborhood, it is such a vibrant community. It's such a unique community because it has over 40 first languages that are spoken in that zip code. So zip code is 98118. And so in that neighborhood, it's so vibrant. It has so much culture, it has so much history in it. You know, we've got so many folks, black and brown and Somali and Vietnamese and Chinese and Cantonese. And so many folks are there and it's just a melting pot and it's beautiful.
0: Let's transition a bit to talking about the design of the actual Odessa Braun Clinic. Christina, I know that you and your team worked to take this commitment to design and health equity and incorporate into the design process. Tell us more about that and what you learned.
3: There were quite a few things, I think, along the process that we we came in with what we considered a good foundation Typically, what we do is bring forward what we consider best practices, right? Things that we're seeing that have worked really well for others in the industry. And we quickly got the response of best practices for who? You know, yeah. those examples that you're showing us really aren't, they don't support the way we deliver care and, and the way we really believe we need to deliver care for our community. So we really had to peel back our thoughts and even our own experiences and recognize that we have a bias and the industry probably has a bias towards what best practice care is. And really, we needed to listen.
0: Christina, every community has a different set of rich, unique people that make it up, right? And so I'm wondering, Christina, can you tell us a little bit about how the community's essence is is manifest in, in the design of the building?
3: Yeah, sure. So lots of voices and lots of voices that we heard all saying the same thing that the clinic is built on relationships. And oftentimes, a lot of those relationships are generational, and that's where the trust comes in. And so really, the idea of connecting as a community became the heart of the design concept. So I think from the moment you walk in, you can see it, right? You walk into this big open space, and we refer to it as the town square because historically, town squares are where everybody comes together. And in this heart of the space at Odessa Brown is really the the workspace for the clinicians. And right adjacent to that is the waiting space. And this is something you don't typically see, but was very intentional. And it was intentional because there are relationships that the providers and caregivers have with the families, and they wanted the opportunity to be able to say hi to someone if they came there for the day and they weren't getting the chance to connect with them. They also wanted to put on display all the all the different types of roles that it takes to provide care and kind of show the kiddos and everybody there what the opportunities are for them in their future and show that there's a possibility for them too. So really the heart of it was about community and I think spatially we, we really did that. One other thing that really struck me that I think is probably one of the most successful things, was this idea that we really wanted to reaffirm that families and and the kids belonged, right? And a lot of that was done through the use of artwork and large-scale murals that were just throughout the facility. And there were 20 plus unique commissioned pieces that were done. And the process was was beautiful. And this idea of inclusiveness was beautiful. And there was really this intention to make sure that everything that was in that artwork, everybody that was kind of identified, that it it was inclusive in terms of ability, and that kids with certain medical devices or, or different abilities could see themselves in the artwork. And there's this one piece that's in the waiting room that shows a girl looking out of a door out to her community. And she has a Dexcom, which is a continuous glucose monitoring device for type 1 diabetes. And there was a a young girl there who had the same device. And it was just so so beautiful to see her go up to that artwork and be able to see herself in someone who looks just like her. And so I think that was definitely something that really speaks to the community in general.
0: And Antoinette, there's some spaces in the Othello location that are, you know, unique relative to other medical office buildings. Can you tell us a little bit more about those?
1: I think just to kind of dovetail off of what Christina was saying, I think that the beautiful artwork, our artwork is, it's amazing. It's something that you would not expect to see in a children's clinic, and some would call it an inner city Clinic, we have live plants in there and we have floor to ceiling windows. And so we have amazing streaming light. And we've got this incredible artwork that is all around our building.
2: I mean, it has a basketball court and it has a community kitchen. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I know Antoinette's so part of the process. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I remember walking through with the medical cell team and we were like, (laughs) what? A communi- because food is such a part of who yeah. we are. And then having this basketball, it's a court, obviously, but it also can be used Josh. for activities mm-hmm. beyond. That's part of a healthy living to us, right? It's not just about going to the medical room. It's about these other places where you can be community safely in Seattle.
1: I could tell you our executive leadership never thought about, let's put a community kitchen in this clinic. Let's put a gym in this clinic. And that's what the community said, that they they need it. And that space, the Lenny Wilkins Recreational Center, it is a space that, of course, is there for movement, for basketball. And I don't know if you've ever been around a playground lately, but there are some games going around and we have them all in that gym. Being able to offer kids a safe space to be able to come and hang out, but also for community to be able to gather together. There have been some events that have happened in our neighborhoods, in our world, that community needs a safe place to be able to come and gather and they're able to do it in our in our space.
0: Antoinette, what are some of the ways that the clinic's design empowers your team members to have positive interactions with patients and families and experience joy at work?
1: You know, when we talk about burnout and talk about um, the things that the healthcare industry has experienced over, you know, the last what two years or more at this point we just need really need space and you need time. And I think that this Othello Clinic, it offers that we have space for our staff to be able to go and they can open up a window and they can get fresh air and they can, on a really good, nice, clear day, we can see the little peak of Mount Rainier off in the distance and you're able to relax. And we have access to a gym and, you know, being able to run on a treadmill and there's a um, heavy bag in there that folks go down there and can hit on and things like that. So our team is able to really recharge and be reinvigorated to continue to do the incredible work that they do on a daily basis. I think that um, also... Being able to go into a place where you are surrounded by beauty and it's a spirit of excellence in the building when you have really nice furniture and the live plants and beautiful art. And it's what's needed, especially in this time. And that's what we are able to provide for our families as well and as our staff for them to just be able to kind of take a break in our space.
0: The programs that you're describing, Antoinette, it really feels like it's empowering, in particular, young children and their parents to really have agency over their health outcomes. You know, in a world where people face housing insecurity, employment insecurity, food insecurity, safety issues around home to provide these kinds of multiple resources that can touch upon any of those things to really strengthen overall outcomes for families, not just the the medical outcomes, but the agency to be able to, to, to move forward in life. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Uplift. For more information about this project, visit our website at nbbj.com. If you liked what you heard, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you on the next episode.